Good morning, and welcome to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And uh, today, the business at hand is the business of what it takes to not just create a restaurant concept and have one successful restaurant, but grow that restaurant in a way that you sustain the quality. And in today's highly competitive world of restaurants, the success and growing a restaurant into a group of restaurants can be extremely elusive. Um, but what it takes to survive and go beyond that to thrive uh, is is virtually a, an art and a science uh, from from quality, uh, responsibly sourced food, uh, great tasting food, uh, a smart beverage uh, selection, uh, superior service, um, and picking out locations for growth. Um, these are all things that the uh, Tupelo Honey Cafe organization that's headquartered in Asheville, North Carolina, has done very, very well. And so I'm very pleased to have as my guest today the CEO of the Tupelo Honey Cafe organization, Steve Frabator. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Ron. Well, thanks for joining us, Steve. I um, I have to say that um, in many cases, I will uh, try to do my homework about uh, operations of an organization uh, before I have them uh, on the program. In your case, I, I had to undertake the uh, difficult task of uh, trying some really exceptional food um, very recently because you just opened up a... Here store here, a restaurant in uh, the Atlanta area, in Sandy Springs, very specifically, and um, you're 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 anchoring um, a new uh, mixed use development location in in South Sandy Springs, and I dare say, because of the traffic that I've seen on a couple of visits, uh, you're doing extremely well. A- am, am I um, wrong to assume that you've gotten off to a, a what you might consider to be a really good start? Yeah, it's, it's really been a great start. I mean, it's it's very much a neighborhood location. As you know, there's a lot of housing density behind us in Chastain area and uh, across the street. Uh, with Windsor Parkway and down to Peachtree Dunwoody, so immense density, and um, people have been coming to us. I've been there every night since we've been open, and I've seen the same people as many as four times in nine days come in and just, you know, it's great to meet them. Uh, I love to meet the people, and it's hilarious because they all just point one way or the other and say, I just live right there. I just live right there. That's exactly right. You you might recall my saying, those are my trees. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That's my rooftop right there. (laughs) Well, you know, that location, uh, and and we'll talk a little bit more about about some of the other locations and about how you determine where it is that you wanted to go and and about the strategic growth. The location in South Sandy Springs, you you mentioned uh, dense residential uh, neighborhoods. Uh, the Ro- the Roswell Road corridor mm-hmm. is is not even entirely commercial, but that would be it. We're not a heavy commercial district, so you are deriving the benefit of lots and lots of homes, 
and I think you may have discovered that there's a certain social economic demographic which pretty much applies to most of Sandy Springs um, in any direction, but um, you know, you're not going to have any problem if you should ever decide you want to introduce some uh, super high uh, dollar bottles of wine, for example. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I, 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 sure. Yeah, I think you're, in fact, I, I would put you in this category of being exceptional value uh, for, for what you get. And I, I, I want to have you start off talking a little bit about the food and describe uh, what kind of food the Tupelo Cafe, uh, the Tupelo Honey Cafe offers. Uh, your tagline, Southern food is good for the soul, might give us a hint, but tell us about how you describe the food. Yeah, and I would digress for a moment just to say, you know, um, price is not always the determinant of quality. And um, bringing full-flavored food and having your food be approachable across a wide demographic is really what we're all about, Um, more so than driving towards the highest price point possible. So, you know, our food is, you know, southern food is good for the soul, and, you know, we really endeavor to bring full-flavored, scratch-made, elevated comfort food to our guests. You know, food that they would recognize, but we're going to twist it uniquely and surprise you with how we execute. So it's not just grits, it's goat cheese grits. It's not just bacon or hickory smoked bacon. It's apple cider bacon. It's not just a grilled pork chop. It's with braised figs and a red wine reduction. You know, our fried green tomatoes are over... You know, goat cheese grits with a red pepper coulis and a, a basil chiffonade. So we're going to bring you foods that you think you've had before. Our sweet potato pancake is famous, literally. Um, uh, but we're going to twist it uniquely different. Well, you know, not to belabor this, this value um, point, I definitely saw some things on your menu that I know um, – other restaurants, uh, for not even the same quality, are charging uh, distinctly more. Um, I'll cite one example: is you have a special um, that may be a Sunday special, but it might be more than one day, and you call it a a chicken tower. Is that what? what, yeah. what it it it. That's an exceptional value. I saw a few of those uh, on the surrounding tables, and. Um, I wanted one, except I could not divorce myself from from what I was eating. You know, I mean, I already had a great combination that I had just ordered, and then I was watching these literal towers of 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 chicken. uh, And when you broke that down, you know, if uh, a couple came in, um, and I saw tables of six where they ordered, you know, uh, one tower each or three for the, the the party of six. It's an exceptional value, a really exceptional value. If you add uh, your half bottle of wine, uh, was that on Sundays too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hard to beat. Well, you know, it's a really interesting story behind that that chicken tower, and it's so much fun. Um, You know, we have done fried chicken for 15 years, and we've always done a boneless breast, buttermilk, we, we marinate it in buttermilk for 24 hours, and then we apply our spices, etc. In Atlanta specifically, we worked six months with one dedicated chef. We probably have 30 chefs in the company. One dedicated chef for six months to bring bone-in fried chicken to Atlanta. 
and that process is literally going through every type of oil you could possibly cook in every type of low pressure high pressure no pressure uh, frying so um, that chicken is incredibly moist has the right crunch um, and is topped with our own unique blend of spices and probably one ingredient that you don't really get in food in this uh, form ever honey powder and it's both sweet and savory and um, we knew coming to Atlanta that you've got three of the top ten bone-in fried chicken restaurants in the country here so we had to stand tall with what we wanted to do we actually taste tested 25 Atlantans before we opened the week before we opened in a randomized test and they didn't know which chicken was in front of them 23 of the 25 said it was the best fried chicken they'd ever eaten in their life then we put it into the tower which is a lot of fun and serve it family style with family style sides mac and cheese collard greens etc and uh, it's so much fun taking it through the dining room because everybody's eyes light up and everybody starts pointing and they want one and before you know it the whole dining room is full of these chicken towers and we're bringing some great bone-in fried chicken. Yeah, if someone, if a family wanted to come in and, and get exceptional value, they uh, they not only could get great value with the, the the chicken tower, but there's some other items on the on the, on the menu as well that fit into that category. Uh, but certainly, as an introduction, uh, you know, uh, I, I dare say that like broke down to like 11 or 12 bucks a yeah. person for that entree and uh, and it was exceptional and you know another thing that you do uh, and you know forgive me listeners if if I sound like the guy who is contributing to an infomercial this is not an infomercial this is a, just a testimony to my experience and the reason that uh, Steve is with us is because it was such a good experience and and we'll talk about some of those layers in a bit but uh the menu back to the menu uh, which is at the core of uh, what you do uh is a mix actually of uh, some very traditional things you haven't done anything funky with the biscuits they're just delicious <laughs> uh you bring out uh, um uh some uh, is is that a blueberry jam uh yes and yeah and and you bring out honey uh, so, for starters, uh, you, you're just um, setting the right tone for the, the meal. Um, and I want to uh, share some of the uh, items that are on the menu, and then we can talk about uh, those items and, and any that you have in mind. And for listeners out there, you can go to www.tupelohoneycafe.com. You want to follow along or look at the menu. You have... Um, Items like your Appalachian Johnny Cakes. You have uh, a Southern Car- a South Carolina pecan encrusted goat cheese um, with crostini that you can make uh, uh, on your own and, 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 and put various combinations on your crostini. You have a peach poblano pork rib uh, a dish. You have Tupelo shrimp and grits, a dish that you call high on the hog. Uh, you have crispy Brussels sprouts, which I, I happen to know a few people who are crazy about Brussels sprouts, and I told them, go try Tupelo Honey's uh, um, uh, Brussels sprouts uh, that are served with lemon, uh, fresh herbs, and bacon. 
you have for dessert things like a brown butter pecan pie uh, with a dark chocolate sauce, and and you essentially have on and on um, so many items. Uh, your citrus shrimp salad, you know, your 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 uh, somersault roasted beets. You know, um, there are beet lovers out there, and uh, and and non beet lovers who will be converted. Uh, the uh, Creole scallops of Frito, uh, the uh, farmers, uh, m- the farmers market pickle plate, um, warm pimento cheese, you know that you could get as a side, uh, and on and on. Um, let's um, let's, let's talk, talk about, about a, the philosophy behind. Yeah, that, let's talk know, about how those items got created. Think about you know what we're trying to do here, and I've always said from four to ninety four can come into our restaurant and find something that they would enjoy to eat. And if you're gluten-free, you can find that. If you uh, want to have a beautiful um, grass-fed, uh, no antibiotics, no hormone, a beautiful ribeye uh, with a bottle of wine, you can do that. If you want to have breakfast uh, in the late afternoon or early evening, you can do that. So the philosophy behind the menu is allowing you to enjoy the restaurant and have a multitude of experiences and be able to dine with us multiple times per week. A good example is, you know, I like Indian food, but my family doesn't really care for Indian food, so I get Indian food twice a year maybe. But the reality here is you could come in for a business lunch, you could come in for uh, date night on a Friday night and enjoy our bar with you know, 40 taps of craft beer uh, and beautiful uh, uh, house-made cocktails. L- let me uh, interrupt you for a moment because I want you to continue along that that line of, of the experience. Um, we need to take a break. Uh, we're here with Steve Frabator of Tupelo Honey Cafe. He's sharing insight into what it takes to uh, grow uh, a superior restaurant organization. We'll be back with Steve right after this break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. 
Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Steve Frabator, the CEO of the Tupelo Honey Cafe organization, which is 13 restaurants in 13 very strategic locations. And we'll talk about how Steve came to identify those locations and, and open up each of the Tupelo Honey Cafes. But before the break, um, Steve was talking uh, about the philosophy of the menu, of the food, and of the experience. And uh, you said, Steve, that uh, you thought uh, if you're uh, 4 to 94, uh, you know, you could come in and find uh, something or many things, uh, I, I actually think you could probably extend that from 2 to 102. Um, <laughs> um, I, we love kids. Yeah. I, I, you know, I saw some kids in there that uh, they uh, they were not talking much. You know, they were they were chowing down. <laughs> a they good were, thing, right? Yeah, it was a good thing. They were they were they were having a very good experience. And, and, and I, yeah, I have to tell you, you know, and, and this goes back to the hospitality and genuine hospitality. And I've raised four boys with my beautiful wife, and um, you know, when I see kids come into the restaurant, we train our staff that you know go over to mom or dad and whisper in their ear, and you know, hey, are the kids really hungry? You know, should I bring out a side of mac and cheese for you or some fries or a biscuit right away? Um, and just try to take the pressure off of mom and dad, take care of the kids right out of the get-go. And uh, I love to do that. I think it's important. What a smart move. How, do you, does that, that derive from you knowing that sometimes you showed up with your boys and they were ready oh, to go? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, we'll, we'll pick up the kids and hold them and walk them around the restaurant if they'll let us, you know. Hey, every organization that has uh, young consumers, um, I know that in doing a lot of marketing work with the Coca-Cola company, they were constantly uh, working on getting them younger and keeping them longer. I'll bet you have people um, that started with you at five and are 20 years old. And uh, and that we're 25 and now are 40 years old. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, uh, regulars. Yeah. It's it's funny you say that, and especially here in Atlanta. I've, you know, I've been here every day since we've been open now for two weeks, and um, it's amazing to me how many folks will want to meet me and then want to tell me the other Tupelo honeys that they've been to, and when they hit the first one, and they went to the original one, you know, 10 years ago, and uh, they've been waiting for us to open with great you know anticipation and that's 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 wonderful to hear well i don't know if um the uh developers of the gateway uh project approached you or whether you approached them uh how did that unfold well the real estate uh you know we have a little background here in atlanta my wife uh, went to north springs high school and lived off of roswell road up in sandy springs so as opposed to many cities that we know very little about uh, we did know quite a bit about Roswell Road and Buckhead and Sandy Springs. So this one was a little bit easier because we know the dirt. Um, but uh, our process, uh, we have a real estate lead team, and um, they're constantly looking at all of the things that you would expect, population, growth, uh, age demographics, car counts, um, there is a science to choosing a location, and those boxes aren't hard to check, and they're everything that you would think you should check, but then there's also an art, and the art comes down to 
driving the neighborhoods, visiting other restaurants, talking to staff in those restaurants. Um, and very important is ingress and egress and parking. So it's both art and science. If it were strictly formulaic, well, you know, everybody would do it. Everybody would get the right location. And trust me, every restaurant group will end up with bad locations that they thought were great locations. It does happen. Right. I, I don't know how you could have a crystal ball about um, um, what will absolutely work and what will be one of your more successful or, or less, lesser successful. I mean, there are probably some things you've probably gotten good at intuiting, you know, what you think um, w- will do well. And, and for that matter, you may have had a sense that you were going to do exceptionally well um, the way it appears that you will in this location. Um but personally, I, I I can't imagine too many metro environments, uh, urban, suburban, and for that matter, rural, uh, where you couldn't succeed. Um, southern menus have become increasingly popular popular throughout the country. You know, you, you sure. couldn't find uh, uh, variations on good barbecue uh, in New York City until a few restaurants started opening up um, uh, southern food and barbecue-oriented restaurants, and some of them are pretty high-end. Um, Washington, D.C., you know, almost the south, um, but on the west coast. Um, so, you know, you're going to have... Uh, your plate full of evaluating uh, locations just sure. because I, I, I personally believe what you've created will have mass appeal. Um, the, the, the food is uh, a southern in nature, but maybe by virtue of being southern, it's, it's, it's just good old American food. And then the twist, and which is uh, something that I want to talk about, uh, for example, the Appalachian Johnny Cakes. Uh, describe that dish. Yeah. Um, that, to me, uh, it was one of the dishes we ordered early on in our meal, and we were, uh, we were combining things and having the greatest time. Uh, where did Appalachian Johnny Cakes come from? Well, when we, uh, you know, and I, I would say that, you know, not all southern food is the same. You have low country, you know, you have a, kind of the coastal Carolina take on southern food, and then for us it's really inspired by Appalachia and by the mountains, you know. Um, so with the uh, Appalachian Johnny Cake, um, that is a, a corn uh, pancake, if you will, uh, over uh, our smoked jalapeno barbecue sauce, which is made in-house, and then slow-roasted pulled pork, which we cook overnight, 9, 10 hours, uh, and then our jalapeno corn slaw on top uh, with chives and diced bell pepper. Really a, a great um, twist on an old, old, old southern favorite of Johnny Cakes. You know, um, another um, food item, we'll say, um, that's, I think, really enjoyed a great deal of popularity over the last 10 to 15 years, but but much beyond 15 years ago, uh, goat cheese wasn't nearly uh, as popular in the U.S. It's taken off uh, everywhere, and there you know you'll find goat farms that are supplying great cheeses. You have a 
South Carolina pecan-encrusted goat cheese uh, that you serve with Cristini, uh, and it's not, uh, uh, you kind of build your own. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's the Cristini's are, uh, wafers are on their side, and uh, and uh, it was, it was, some of the other items that I was adding uh, to my uh, my goat cheese, Christine, tell us about uh, where, where that came from. How did you come up with well, that? That's the point. You were over there having your own experience and, and combining things and tasting things together, and you were doing it your way. Um, yeah, you know, and that's where this menu, when you look at the snacks and the small plates and everything like that, I mean, it was, what, three, four years ago. We didn't even have small plates on the menu, but America is eating different now. So you've got to stay leading edge with that. And that specific uh, menu item, like any, I would say, uh, you know, it starts with uh, an entire team of people. I mean, nothing hits the menu that I don't approve. Um, But I don't think that I have the world's um, lock on the best palate. In other words, what I because I like something doesn't mean you're going to like something. So we have a very diverse group of professionals in our organization, including chefs, that are on the menu team. So there are people that specifically develop menu items. We can say, gee, you know, we want to do a fresh seafood special every every weekend, which this weekend will be black and red fish over Hoppin' John and Broccoli Rob, um, a great dish. But we have people that will talk to our consumer. We have almost... Uh, I think 60,000 people in our loyalty club and they when we send a survey or we want to talk to them or we invite them to a restaurant and and have them taste dishes you know they're very involved with us um, so there's an ideation phase then there's actually a procurement phase you know can we get that protein clean can we understand and vet properly where it comes from and what's happened to that cow, that pig, that chicken, that fish, uh, that, that beet, you know, that potato. Um, so once we know we can source it responsibly, then it comes down to letting the chefs do their thing. And we've had items that we've worked on for months that we just could not get right. We didn't like it. it we, didn't, we weren't getting the proper balance uh, or, or presentation with it. And then we've had items that come off almost instantaneously it's like the first time we make it you're like restaurant ready that's perfect let's go and then you go through the process of then saying how do we do that in 13 stores and what's that batch size and how what's the prep and what's the staging and how long does it take how long does it marinate how long do we cook it all of those things are required to actually bring it to you and bring it to you in 12 to 18 minutes um, you know, once we fire your entree, um, I do know that um, you do things uh, differently enough that um, our server, uh, Chris, who did a great job, um, patiently sharing with us because there was a lot of information. You know, he asked us if it was the first time, and even though my wife had been to. Um, one of your stores, uh, I think it was the Johnson City uh, store. Oh no, it was Knoxville, I believe. Um, 
I was not uh, aware of all of what goes into uh, your menu items. So Chris uh, explained an awful lot and um, you know just educated me uh, to uh, some of the ingredients and some of the responsible sourcing touched on that, which we'll touch on again uh, after the break. I want to have you uh, uh, revisit that that topic and also um, whether uh, it's the chefs primarily that that uh, come to you with uh, new ideas that then you subject to the larger selection process. We're here with Steve Frabator of the Tupelo Honey Cafe organization. We've been talking with Steve about everything from the food to the locations. We will talk more about the staff, the the hospitality that you uh, will feel that is palpable in uh, the uh, cafes. We'll be back right after this break. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and we're here with Steve Frabator, the CEO of Tupelo Honey Cafe, an organization that has grown from one Asheville uh, restaurant to 13, and we'll talk about uh, some of those locations and about the strategic growth that 
you know includes sustaining uh, a quality of food and overall operations uh and and steve will share uh, some of that with us you know i i want to add that when the uh, restaurant really begin to flourish in Asheville, that is a competitive environment. Uh, most people that are not familiar with Asheville don't realize that there are uh, some pretty good restaurants and some pretty good breweries there now. Um, others that are familiar know full well and would have been to your restaurant because it's on the list of the best restaurants in, in Asheville. But uh, that certainly would have been uh, uh, a good proving ground. It's such a vibrant uh, food and beverage scene. Uh, it, it, do you agree that 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 it it, it, it takes uh, more than just good food to survive in natural? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, the Austin, you know, of the East Coast, and. Um, you know, I always say uh, I'm very thankful that we're coming out of Asheville versus trying to go into it. Um, there's 250 independent restaurants in Asheville. It's a uh, farm-to-table driven community. Um, a lot of great chefs and restaurateurs in Asheville. And um, uh, there's even an independent restaurant association, which I was happy to serve as president of a number of years ago. Um, and now I think I can't even keep track, but I think there's 30 microbreweries. And yeah, that impacts us in terms of you see our commitment to uh, craft beer in our stores. Uh, we're going to be opening in Denver and Dallas uh, next year, and we're up to 55 taps now. And of those 55 taps, you know, 50 are going to be locally sourced craft beers just like here i was looking at our rotating taps for our store here and you know creature comforts out of athens georgia three taverns out of decatur georgia second self beer company atlanta eventide brewing atlanta wicked weed out of Asheville, stone brewing out of california sierra nevada uh, nathan's choice so um there's uh you know just a, a real commitment that's driven out of our market, our home market, for quality sourced food, responsibly sourced food, and then pairing great cocktails, beer, and wine with those food. And, uh, you know, I think we get a little bit of a halo effect coming out of Asheville. And I would say it's one of the most competitive food markets uh, in the U.S. And uh, I would caution people actually. Be very careful about going into Asheville, and I'm I'm much happier coming out of than going into. Well, you know, and uh, we don't want to sound too much like the, um, not too much like the uh, Asheville Chamber of Commerce, but uh, again, for listeners who may not be familiar, uh, and and we certainly hope that you'll uh, consider. Uh, visiting a Tupelo Honey Cafe and I, I'm going to mention the locations that that include downtown Asheville or South Asheville Arlington, Virginia, Charlotte, North Carolina, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Franklin, Tennessee, Greenville, South Carolina Johnson City, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, Myrtle Beach South Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, Sandy Springs now and Virginia Beach, Virginia uh, you'll see those online but uh, 
But, you know, uh, for those folks who are not familiar with Asheville, I will say that um, when you said it was like the Asheville uh, of, uh, or the Austin, rather, of uh, the southeast, uh, will go that far. Um, you have to get to uh, New Orleans to find a food and music scene, mm-hmm. uh, and the additional dimension in Asheville is art. So you have um, yeah. North Carolina culture. And, yeah, m- that's what makes it like Austin is you have food and music uh, or New Orleans and this additional dimension of art and crafts in set in the North Carolina mountains in, in an exquisite part of uh, Western North Carolina. Um, so uh, that would be a great uh, destination for a lot of folks, uh, listeners that are uh, – not from the south, not from the southeast, uh, and even from out of the country. Uh, put that on your map. Uh, I, I think I mentioned to you I had some folks coming in from the Netherlands, and uh, I had suggested a you know a, a little southern tour that included Savannah, um, uh, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, uh, Savannah, Charleston, Asheville, and back to Atlanta is what yeah. I said. That loop I thought would give them a nice taste of the uh, the south yeah and you, you you also have just the natural beauty of Asheville uh, great hiking camping uh, kayaking uh, also so it's a great outdoor uh, destination as well and then you've got the Biltmore house which is truly incredible oh, absolutely and the Grove Park Inn so uh, it is a very unique town and um that's a great place to visit. It's a knock-dead gorgeous setting for sure, um, a knock-dead gorgeous region. I, I wanted to get back. You were talking about the, 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 the your, your draft beers, uh, what you had on your rotating taps. Um, uh, Green Flash, Le Freak IPA, uh, uh, Oscar Blues. Uh, there, there are uh, Dale's Pale Ale fans that I know of. They, you can yep. get it at... Uh, um, Tupelo Honey Cafe, uh, Prince of Pilsner from Three Taverns. Yeah, and we have our own beer as well. That's right, the Tupelo Honey Rye. Yeah, uh, that's made by R.J. Rocker out of Spartanburg. Um, I got a taste of that. I really liked it last yeah. night. Uh, there were a couple of uh, uh, 22-year-olds sitting next to me, uh, and uh, they just jumped all over it. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of your um, bartenders, um, Jade, um, very, very uh, sweet woman um, uh, offered us taste of a variety, and that's another thing is uh, you'll you'll let people taste uh, whatever they oh, aren't familiar with, we'll, and we'll and your partners will find a beer yeah. uh, to fit your palate. Well, as we you know, as we train them, it's it's talk to people, you know, understand what they're looking for, what they like, something that they've had in the past that they like. I have a great story of a. Of a young lady that's been, I think she's come in, I want to say four times now. We've only been open, you know, this will be, what, 14 days. And um, uh, I actually greeted her and I was, I, was, I was chatting with her and I said, Well, would you like to try a, you know, a craft beer? She said, Well, I only drink Coors Light and there's nothing wrong with Coors Light. But she said, Can I have a Coors Light? I said, Sure, but. <laughs> Uh, tell me what you like about that course light. So she went through, and you could tell that she was a Pilsner drinker and liked the, the lighter, weedier type beers. And so we brought her over uh, course light. Boy, the course people might be angry with me, but we brought her over a, a you know a little sample of the course light and two or three other craft beers, and had her taste them side by side. 
And, of course, she loves her Coors Light, and that's great. But um, she found some new craft beers that she had never intended to try that she really, really enjoyed. And that's part of the joy of restaurant touring. And that's why, you know, you can sample anything you want out of our kitchen before you order it. Just ask your server. You can sample anything out of our bar uh, before you actually order it. We want you to do that because we want you to be happy. We want you to have a great experience. And we want to understand what you're looking for. To the extent that the hospitality um, that your staff... Uh, embodies uh, is is uh, I think I use the word palpable. You know, you can you 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 can feel that you're very welcome. Uh, people seem sincere uh, when they're checking on you. Now, granted, you have some folks in from some of your other stores that are helping with this this opening. Yeah. Um, you've got um, some really uh, delightful folks like um, Alicia was mm-hmm. one of your your trainers. Uh, from the uh, is it the Johnson City or the yeah. Franklin uh, yeah. Johnson City? Yeah. She's a student at it, ETSU. Yeah, we can't wait till she graduates and get her into management. Yeah, she she's going to be great in training human resources. But but you know she came over and, and checked on uh, us um, over the weekend, um, and she was genuinely uh, uh, interested in in whether or not. It was a good experience. Uh, Nathan, uh, your bar manager, mm-hmm. also uh, came over, and we got to talk a little bit about your your beers. Uh, and when I w- was at the bar uh, after that initial visit, uh, you know, Nathan was playing twenty questions with me about what my palate was like and trying to find some things that that fit in. And I told him yeah. it was all over the board, but that here's a here's one of my sweet spots. What do you have in that area? You know, and uh, so I got to try some some great beers. And even in your bottled beers, you know, uh, you have some, uh, the New Holland Dragon's Milk Stout, uh, the uh, Allagash Triple. um, You have Terrapin locally, Liquid Bliss, um, the Duck Rabbit Milk Stout. You you can see they're they're broken out by crisp fruit, malt, hops. Um, Exactly. So it's very strategic. It's not just how many beers can we pile into the cooler. But and, and say, look, we have a lot of beers. No, you know, everything that makes it onto our menu is there for a reason. It's there for a purpose. And what you're really talking about is culture. And, you know, that's specifically why I've been down here for two full weeks working on the floor every night, is, as our trainers do as well, is to demonstrate the culture of hospitality to our new staff so that they really understand that we mean it, that we're committed to it, uh, and what that looks like. So, you know, we build our restaurants so that the minute you step in the door, our restaurant should make you feel better. That's our objective. Whether you realize it immediately, and some people do, or you realize it throughout the course of the experience that you're having, the textures, the sights, the smells, you know, everything that you see, you know. We sit in every seat in the restaurant virtually before we ever build it. We look at what are you going to see if you look up, you look down, you look right, you look left. There's noise pollution, there's light pollution that we have to work diligently to remove. So you should step into our restaurant and and feel better, and then our staff should elevate that to a whole different level. 
you know, particularly in markets where you have a restaurant culture and and a lot of good options, you know, people uh, have become educated to um, good food and accustomed to good food, good beverage, um, nice decor. Uh, and expect a good time. I mean, they want it to be a complete experience. And, um, you know, you've, uh, I think, done a great job cueing your folks to know that, you know, everyone is there for a pleasant experience and they're there to enhance it. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're here with Steve Fabrit- Fabritor of the Tupelo Honey Cafe group. Steve has been sharing insight into what has gone on at Tupelo Honey Cafe. Uh, cafe to to grow it in a smart way. We'll be back with Steve right after this break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Are your health insurance premiums going up? You are not alone. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org to understand why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. This is Grace Marie Turner, President of the Galen Institute. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Steve Frappator, the CEO of Tupelo Honey Cafe, an organization that includes uh, 13 restaurants in strategic locations uh, throughout the southeast. Uh, By the way, Steve, I noticed that uh, right now you have kept it all within a 500-mile radius of uh, 
of Asheville, um, which would seem to be just a, a, a natural smart move to not to be too far afield. Um, but has that been part of the growth plan is to to strategically cover the southeast before you start moving on? Yes, it, it was important that we could, you know, drive there comfortably uh, in the beginning. And uh, as you see, we're getting farther and farther afield. We have a, a deal in South Florida that we're working now. We are will build, be building very shortly in Denver and in um, uh, Frisco. And, the, and you mentioned Texas as yeah, well. Yeah, Frisco, Texas. We're going to be at the Star Development, the new world headquarters of the Dallas Cowboys. And um, that is also strategic in, in the fact that as we continue to build value in our company and in our brand, you know, two things are really driving us out west. One is that our infrastructure and tools are solid enough now and our technology to be able to transplant farther away. We'll be an airplane ride away now. Um, but we also don't want to be viewed as a regional concept. Um, we believe that out west particularly where you're very heavy in Tex-Mex, you're very heavy in barbecue and steakhouses, um, that we are going to bring our unique brand of Southern cuisine out there and really delight those folks because, um, you know, the Southern food out there is few and far in between, but certainly the way we do it, uh, we do it unique. And uh, we think it's going to be even more prolific by store out west than even in the southeast. Well, and I alluded to this earlier, but I think that uh, Tupelo Honey Cafe would kill uh, in uh, D.C. Well, you're in Arlington, so you're in D.C. Um, New York City, Pennsylvania, Chicago, uh, Philadelphia, Boston, Seattle, San Francisco, and L.A. Uh, you know, um, are you in Denver yet? We're building there now. Uh, that's right. Okay, I don't. I can't think of a state uh, that uh, or region of the country where what you've put together uh, wouldn't fly. Uh, you have. I'm, I'm going to go back to this menu because uh, if the listeners out there are uh, uh, not uh, enticed from uh, some of what we're uh, mentioning. I said I wanted to ask you about um, the uh, peach poblano pork ribs, and also um, I'm going to have you talk about the seersucker steak and eggs. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about. The, oh, in fact, let me go right ahead and read from uh, the menu that the uh, seersucker steak and eggs, which are dressed to impress, this grilled Creekstone Farms pasture-raised USDA choice hanger steak is served with potato cracklings, two eggs any style, and a savory maple bourbon bacon jam, um, which would be comfortable to any southern so- uh, soiree, without question, comfortable <laughs> at any soiree. Uh, I'm hungry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how, how did you come up with the seersucker steak and eggs? Yeah, and, you know, that's an interesting one. Um, there's a couple of items on our menu where... Uh, a couple times a year we put out a contest to our chefs and we have an executive chef um, in every single location. I think we have probably at last count 28 um, culinary school chef graduates 
uh, in our stores right now. Um, and chefs love to stretch their creativity. So a couple times a year we put out a, a contest, and that particular item was chef driven out of a con uh, out of a contest uh, Jason Malone our executive chef in Raleigh came up with that dish and we just loved it uh, his bacon jam is is savory and sweet at the same time and goes fantastic and steak and eggs when you're looking for a protein load you know and that's what that dish is all about it's about delivering protein um, just yeah, you got me at the savory maple bacon, uh, bourbon bacon jam. Uh, yeah, I, I get. Oh, it's a, it's a, uh, together. It's it's fantastic. And and and, and uh, yeah, I, again, you can combine uh, that um, the biscuits uh, <laughs> along with uh, yes. that dish would uh, be killer. Well, and another one is the the uh, wampus cat ribs. Uh, you know, and that is another item that was driven by that was Anthony Young, our executive chef out of Knoxville, who won the the contest uh, the second time around. And that is his glaze uh, and uh, uh, his process for cooking those ribs. And people have really, really enjoyed them. And I love to see that because. We prepare the same food. I mean, our menus change three times a year, and then we come in with our specials like this weekend with the redfish. Um, But we like to have our chefs stretch their creativity as well. And and we don't always, you know, sometimes we don't uh, use what what comes our way um, because the timing's off. It could be a winter dish, and it's a spring menu, et cetera. But, you know, this is great to see a couple of those chefs uh, make the menu and win the contest, and uh, they actually won some stock in the company on those deals. So that's fantastic. What a great incentive. Yeah. Um, Would you say that uh, most of the new menu items are are, uh, driven by your chef staff? Uh, Maybe not all, but but a lot of them? Well, and our menu tasting team. I mean, you know, we have a marketing department. It's so funny because when I bought the, the restaurant, you know, it was my wife, myself, and, uh, you know, we were the HR department, the legal department, the real estate department, the payroll department, the... <laughs> you Chief know, testers, you get, tasters. You get, you get the picture. Uh, and, um, you know, now we have a marketing team that, that, that talks to people and we survey people, you know, what about their eating habits and what they want to see and where we want to go. And we're not really chasing trends, you know, per se. We have never chased trends. We do what we do. Um but they're certainly scraping menus. They're looking at those trends. They're looking at emerging food. You know, things that are hot. Avocados, hot. Sriracha, spicy foods are hot. You know, we all know these things. And, you you know, we don't clamor necessarily for the next trend around the, the you know, around the pike. But uh, we pay attention. And if you're not growing, you're dying. And if you're not evolving, you're in trouble. And... Um, you know, we we are never not working on the next dish. We have a test kitchen in Asheville as well. well what are some of the biggest changes from the early days? Oh, uh, wow. small plates. I mean, for one, you know, uh, when you come into our restaurants, we we also you know approach it through a multitude of different types of seating. You can be part of the bar, or you could sit behind the bar and not be part of the bar. You can have uh, you can sit in soft. 
uh, comfortable chairs around the fire pit and enjoy small plates. You can sit at one of our community tables, either on the patio or in the bar. And, you know, that's one of the biggest evolutions, particularly with millennials, is A, they like to gather together, and we believe gathering around the table with others is good for you. And they like to not invest, let's say, in a ribeye, but they'll order eight or ten small plates. They'll actually spend more money than they would in just buying one entree, but they want to taste many different things and share those small plates and snacks and bites with their friends. Well, small plates allow you to try a lot of different items, and I have, uh, on more than one occasion, uh, semi-jokingly, uh, um, mentioned to uh, a couple of restaurants that they ought to just have a uh, forty nine ninety five sampler platter. Um, <laughs> oh, small plates are better. Yeah, uh, yeah, take your forty nine ninety five and split it up among uh, uh, several small plates and let uh, two, four, six, eight people share uh, a, a lot of different small um, items. Yeah, and it's a, it's a fun way to eat. And you can combine things. I think you 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 noticed that I. I mentioned I tried. Uh, yeah, you were uh, over there doing your own thing. You I was having a great stuff time. I've never seen before. Well, you know, uh, it's amazing what goes with mac and cheese and uh, <laughs> what you could put goat cheese on. And uh, uh, I, I just had a, a a very very good experience. And 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 that's really why um, I wanted you to be a guest on the program is because. There really is something uh, that is a cross between an art and a science that goes into um, taking a restaurant concept and growing it and sustaining the quality, and and that's what you've done. Yeah, and and I think when it comes to sourcing, you know, things that we're really proud of is, is, uh, you know, when we find something that we really like, um, like Annie's Organic Breads, uh, which is a bakery, happens to be out of Asheville, um, you know, we've carried them to seven states now and to every store. So we're not only organically building their business, um, but bringing their great old world style of baking breads to all of our customers. You know, I, I think that's a great note to end the program on, Steve, is talking about that commitment to responsibly sourced quality food. And I want to thank you for taking the time for being my guest today on the Business Hour. It's been my pleasure. You've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on the Internet and the radio next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.